Art of the Kickstart, episode 57. Welcome to the Art of the Kickstart.com, where entrepreneurs are constantly pushing the envelope to build businesses of greatness. Inventors are innovating, creating the products of the future, and backers stand strong for what they believe. These are some of the great thinkers, inventors, and leaders of our time. Here are their stories. Hey guys, one of the biggest challenges and questions that I've been getting quite a bit from inventors and innovators out there, and just things I've seen from over 50 plus podcast interviews, is some of the challenges that people have when they're launching their Kickstarter campaign. They want to know, do they have everything ready? Is there anything they missed? So I just put together a checklist, 23 steps to make sure your Kickstarter campaign is absolutely ready to dominate when you launch. You guys can get that for free by going to artofthekickstart.com slash checklist. Just signing up and hopefully that will help you launch your campaign hassle-free and just get it off the ground and running smooth. Hey guys, welcome to Art of the Kickstart. Today I'm extremely excited to have Becky Ingham on the line, an entrepreneur and an inventor who's really trying to do something amazing in the world while building a business around saving albatross everywhere. Thank you so much for coming today, Becky. Well, thank you for having me. It's great to talk to you. So we kick off these interviews with a success quote or a life quote, something that you really live by that others can learn from. Do you have anything good? I don't really. I don't know how to put it into a very succinct little smart quote, but I think one of the nice things about the hook pod and one of the things that appealed to me about it was it solves two things at once. And I think if you can go through life trying to do that, then that's pretty cool. It's always funny, killing two birds with one stone, which is basically the opposite of what we want to do with your project, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So how did you get into HookPod? Your Kickstarter campaign finished a couple months ago and you raised almost 115,000 pounds, pretty close to 165 US. What brought you into this? How did you get started? Well, the HookPod was the kind of brainchild of a marine scientist that I used to work with down in the Falkland Islands, which is hugely renowned for its seabird populations. It's a, a gorgeous kind of wild space. But one of the big issues that we dealt with when we worked in conservation down there was the really unprecedented loss of hundreds of thousands of seabirds each year in fisheries. So myself and Ben Sullivan, who then went on to work in marine conservation in other parts of the world, spent a long time working with fishermen to look at how we could reduce this. And Ben then had the idea several years after that, that actually if you could cover the barb of the hook when you set the baited hook into the water and you start fishing, then actually the birds wouldn't get hooked and drowned. So he had this idea. He then went to speak to Pete and Ben Kibble, who are a pair of genius guys who live down in the southwest of Britain. And they run a marine consultancy and they also are marine engineers, come up with some really cool stuff. And between them, they came up with the hook pod. And when it got to the stage, so it was actually a real thing rather than an idea, they then contacted me and said, would I like to get involved? And on the marketing side, on the running the business side, and actually trying to take it from a cool idea in someone's garage to actually being out on the world market. That's awesome. You see this issue, and it is a big issue around the world, the actions that people take in farming and fishing that really affect wildlife. But a big question I have, when you had to do anything like this, you're pushing against the norm, pushing against what people are used to, and generally adding higher costs to something that already is expensive enough. How do you do that? How do you make this into a business issue that can succeed? 
Well, the big thing with fishing is, yet yeah, it is really, really expensive. But the rewards are very high and the money that's spent on it each year is vast. But all of that's commercially driven. So we kind of knew that there's no way we're going to get fishermen just to use this out of the goodness of their hearts. Sure, they don't want to catch birds. They don't want to see birds killed. And at the end of the day, they want a fish on the line and not an albatross. But actually, we needed to have something that we knew would be financially viable for them. So what we've done in the hook pod is put a small light in it, which actually means it replaces the chemical light sticks that they use. And actually, they're spending a lot of money on each year. And that makes it make commercial sense. They will actually save money after three months use of a hook pod. And of course, they last for three to five years. So really, commercially for fishermen, it's a no-brainer. So it's just a great investment then. That's awesome. Yep, that's what we're really, really hoping. Once we get commercial scale trials, obviously the reason we went to Kickstarter was to get enough produced so that we could actually prove this beyond any doubt. But what we're seeing at the moment in the trials that we've done is that the guys are saving money. It's safer handling the hooks and the baited hooks on board because the barb of the hook is covered. They're not having to use chemical light sticks, so it reduces marine waste. They're saving money and they're catching good catch rates, good fish that they want. This is kind of unique in Kickstarter. It is a lot more of a large-scale commercial product. This isn't something your typical fisherman's going to use. It's not something your typical Kickstarter campaign backer is going to use. How do you go about using kind of creative reward strategies? Because you guys raised close to $200,000 with something that really mass market doesn't use. How do you do that? How do you make your rewards work? Okay, so when we first looked at this, did quite a bit of research into Kickstarter. And obviously, one of the main things that that most of the commercial companies doing that are raising money there is giving people their product as a reward. So in effect, it's driving initial sales so that they know they can make that investment. But as you say, quite rightfully, you know, 650 people backed us and they're not going to want a hook pod because it's no use to them. So what we did was very much use um, the power of social media, really, and the power of the conservation circles. Uh, So we've had sites that focus on rare birds, sites that focus on seabirds, a lot of conservation people, marine conservationists, and just got everyone talking about it. And in terms of the rewards, really, they're pretty minimal. A lot of people, I think over half our funders have actually gone for no reward at all. And then we've just done things like a certificate, an email newsletter, and a t-shirt. So it's pretty basic, really. It really seems as though most people are doing it because they genuinely want to give this a chance to get out into fisheries. And that's what makes it really exciting. So Becky, this product, this is something that you've got to be able to test. And at the same time, if you're testing this, there could be potential issues in terms of harming wildlife, this, that, and the other. How did you guys go about prototyping and testing this product to get it to the point where it's ready for mass market? Okay, well, that started, that process started way back in 2006. So, I mean, this has been been prototyped for a long, long time. And initially, it was started with four or five of these on a long line. And I mean, the lines that these things are tested on sometimes will have two or 3,000 hooks on. So, if you think about putting just a handful of hook pods on, you're getting very, very minimal data on what they can do. And we kind of built up from there, really, up to the point where last summer we had, I think it was 1,500 in various trials around the world. And what we found is the really cool thing is that there's actually, there's never been a bird caught on a hook where the hook pod has been and and been functioning correctly. So we know that we've got that 
kind of safeguard, if you like, to now go and trial it on a large scale without any other form of mitigation. And we're really confident that we're not going to have any bird bycatch. So you guys are betting 100% in terms of protecting seabirds, protecting albatross. What is the typical ratio for commercial scale fishermen? How many birds are getting harmed from their activities? Okay, so if you just look at one average boat, the figures are tiny. And off the top of my head, I'm probably not going to get this exactly right, but it's something like 0.01 bird per thousand hooks, which sounds like nothing at all. But when you think of the figures, there's around about 12 million hooks being set every day. Actually, that adds up pretty quickly to a big problem. So there's over 300,000 seabirds killed each year and over 100,000 of those are albatross. And albatross, are an, they're an endangered species currently, correct? Yep, there's 22 species of them worldwide. And at the moment, 15 of those 22 are near threatened with extinction. And the thing is, because of their lifestyle, they kind of take seven years before they can start breeding. They then mate for life. So if one of the pair is killed, they will then take up to 10 years to find and, and mate with another bird. They only have one chick every two years. And all of these things add up to make them really, really sensitive to losing those adult birds from the population. And basically that 100,000 a year is completely unsustainable. So what we do know is if that's not stopped, then the majority of albatross species will be extinct within your and my lifetimes. And there are so many issues like this around the world. And I like the movement recently with the more of a push towards that hybrid social entrepreneurship, creating a business around doing something important, doing something meaningful. But it's hard. It's hard for people to find a way to monetize a meaningful mission. How do you do that? How do you build a business that does good? Well, I think it's generated its own speed and weight, really. I mean, we've been really lucky in that we've had a wealthy guy in the UK who really believes in what we're trying to do. And he's funded us to the state that we are now. We then needed a bigger kind of lump sum, which is where we went to Kickstarter to actually get this trialed because it's not an easy industry to break into. And I think once we have broken into it, one of the things that we are going to do is put a lot of money back into marine conservation. We're looking at at least 10% of the gross profit of the company each year. So it will generate more marine conservation issues. But yeah, it's hard because at the end of the day, most commerce is driven by people wanting to make money and not really looking at the impact they're having in doing that. And that's what makes what you're doing really interesting. That's why I had to get you on this program. And I want to jump into the launch round now. How's that sound, Becky? Okay, far away. Welcome to the launch round, where we take our guests through a series of rapid fire questions geared towards unlocking the inner inventor and entrepreneur in all of us. Get ready to blast off and unlock your inner potential. Let's do this. So the first question, Becky, if someone wants to become a social entrepreneur, they've got an issue that they're committed to. What's the first step to actually build a business around that? I guess work out what it is they actually need to achieve and what it is. Write it down. And once you've got that amazing idea in your head, how do you build a phenomenal team? I think a lot of that is just finding like-minded people, really. It's really important. Having that team around you is the most important thing in any business, you know, whatever you're trying to do. So as a social entrepreneur, as someone who really seems to care about the world, what are some other entrepreneurial heroes that you look up to, people that you think they're doing something amazing? I want to be like them someday. You know, there are hundreds of people. You read the paper and every day there's people that inspire you. And sometimes it's people you wouldn't even think of as entrepreneurs. You know, it's just people getting on and doing things. Do you consider what you're doing now as inspirational for others? No, you see, I probably don't because actually it's other people that have this idea and I'm kind of giving it legs, but I don't necessarily see myself as inspirational. I think I'm really lucky to be involved with it. That's a great answer because otherwise you'd be too egotistical, right? <laughs> 
So next next question for you, Becky. So we like bold predictions on this program, on this podcast. I want you to put out something crazy. What will be the really big problem that humanity solves next? Well, I reckon if you could get someone who could devise something that stopped climate change, they'd be on a bit of a winner, frankly. I could not agree more. That's quite an issue. At least you're a little more forward thinking over in Europe. And <laughs> last question of the launch round, guys. We're having fun with this. Have there been any business books that have been really influential on you and your life? Things that you've learned just so much from that you would love to share with others? <laughs> I must be the worst person on the planet that you could ask that question. No, I've worked for huge organizations and they've made us read everything from inspirational leadership to who moved my cheese. And I have to say, without doubt, I hate all of them. If you read them with a really open mind, there might be the odd line in each of them that you can take that applies to you. But I don't think any of this stuff you can write down and just pass on that easily. Okay. So you're not planning on writing your own book in the future then? Dear God, no. Who'd want to read that? I feel you. So let's go back into HookPod now. You guys did this. Your campaign finished a couple months ago, and you guys knocked it out of the park. What did you learn from doing this campaign that other people can learn from? The mistakes that you made, the successes you had, what would you share with other people that want to create cool campaigns? I think there's a couple of really key things which we really struggled with. The first one was the video, and I think we probably overdid the video. I think it should be maybe just more you, more personal and less polished. And I know, I mean, it might not be a particularly polished one that we ended up with, but certainly I felt like we really overthought it by the end of the time. And the other thing is the social media, because we waited until the campaign went live before we really started pushing on the social media. And anyone who's planning a Kickstarter campaign, you know, give yourself six weeks to a month beforehand, really getting that buzz going before it's even live. What were some of the avenues that you guys went about, by the way? How did you go about marketing? I know that's kind of your specialty to make sure once you guys did start that campaign to try to get out there in front of people. We used Twitter, actually, an awful lot. And we used the network of kind of the birdwatching community. We were lucky enough to have kind of foothold into the fishing industry as well and the conservation groups. And we found that really that kind of community of people online was so supportive. And just the little dribbles of information on Twitter and on Facebook really generated quite a lot of buzz for us. And then last question, you killed it. You're doing a great job. I love what you guys are doing. And I think you've shared a bunch in this interview that people are actually really going to learn from. But there's one last question before you get to leave, before you get off the hot seat. And that would be if you could share one piece of advice with entrepreneurs, inventors, creators, just people out there that want to do amazing things in the world, what would you tell them? Oh, I think my one piece of advice probably that I'd give to anyone in any situation is just get on and do it. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Just start doing something and eventually good things are going to happen. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Becky, you've been an awesome guest. Where can people come check out what you guys are doing with HookPod? See the site, see what you're doing, and hopefully support you. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, the campaign's finished for sure. But if anyone wants to have a look and see what HookPod's all about, then obviously you can still view the video on the Kickstarter site. So that's just www.kickstarter.com. And if you search for HookPod, it comes up. So that shows you the video which talks about the problem and how we're trying to solve it. And then we've got our own website, which is www.hookpod.com. And that gives you a little bit of background and we'll keep that updated in the next few weeks with all the developments from the project and where we're going with it next. 
Guys, reach out, say thanks to Becky, or just share the product. Try to build up a little bit more buzz so people can see it, people get awareness. Specifically, the issue of albatross being obliterated by commercial farming. Sometimes just putting out the pressure is enough to help guys like Becky get ahead. Thank you so much for coming on today, Becky. You've been an awesome guest. Thanks, Matt. It's been great to speak. Oh, it's been it's been excellent. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Art of the Kickstart where we believe makers, inventors, and entrepreneurs are changing the world and bringing humanity forward into the future. I'm your host, Matt Ward, and it's been a pleasure guiding you through this journey of creation and innovation. I hope you're inspired by this and check out artofthekickstart.com to get more information and tactics to help you launch your own business, product, and dreams. 